Welcome to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast, a podcast about breaking down barriers between women, exploring and sharing perspectives of each individual woman's experience, and discovering what we have in common and what makes us different. Hosted by Elisa Marie and Joji. Welcome back to the Deconstructed Woman. Today, Alyssa Marie and I are going to talk about a subject that I think is going to be well-received. The name of this podcast is Women Suffering in Silence. And uh, interestingly enough, this happened as a result of a conversation I was having at work. And I brought it up to Alyssa and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And I think Alyssa wasn't as familiar with the concept as uh, I was, but what my coworkers and I, um, and this was probably a range of women ages, 40 to me being the oldest at 55, and we unexpectedly just started talking about all the physical things that are going on with us. And as we were talking, we started veering into some um, unusual body areas uh, like bladder issues and joking about how, you know, if you've had a couple kids, how, you know, women don't have any bladder control anymore and don't be doing cardio um, after you've had kids. And we were sort of joking around. And then, and then we also exchanged some very helpful information. Like one of my coworkers brought in some information for me to read that she had gotten from her doctor. And so it ended up being very helpful in addition to being somewhat uh, comedic and you know, like a moment around the water cooler that we're laughing. Um, but then we sort of stepped back and we were saying, can you imagine our mom standing around talking about their bodily issues at work in with not having the door closed and not whispering to each other. Um, because my mom uh, would, and I'm talking like Joji, like my mom would not talk to me about anything. Um, and I'm her daughter and we were in our house, let alone her talking about anything so personal at work. And my coworkers were saying the same thing. Like, it's almost like uh, all of our mothers being around the same age, maybe give or take 10 years, you know, they are still very, Uh, closed off talking about what's going on with their bodies. Whereas I know when I went through menopause, I was like asking everybody about menopause because I was like, please, somebody tell me what the what the trick is. How do you survive this time? Um, And I remember when I would talk to my mom, if something was happening with her, um, she would get really irritated with me. Like I would bring it up almost like I was um, trying to hurt her in some way or criticize her, but I was really just trying to figure out like what is going on here. And so, um, Alyssa, uh, tell me what you thought of when I first introduced this topic to you. I think for me, I, I was curious, curious about, you know, the idea of women suffering in silence. And I think that it, it does go back to what you're describing is the idea that, you know, a lot of things are, I think that they're becoming less and less taboo, if you will. And I think that there are more open discussions. I think that kind of branching out, not just from physical ailments, but mental illness, people are discussing that more. You see a lot more people discussing, um, you know, their experiences with it, or, you know, even in the celebrity and um, the media, you're just seeing more of that. I think that there's also more discussions about um, just, I mean, any phase of life where for a woman, you go through so many 
changes and things like you're, you know, from uh, really, I'm thinking like the whole gamut of being a woman, what that means. And so you go through puberty and having, you know, menstrual cycles to childbirth and to menopause. And there's just like these large physical and emotional changes that happen. And I think that there's more discussions, but I also think that there's still a lot of room and area for us to grow uh, because some of those topics are still not discussed in full um, honesty, if you will. I think that there's still a lot that, you know, people don't want to tell you their full story of childbirth, for instance, because they're afraid they might scare you and you, you know, may not have kids because of that or something of that nature. But I think that there's, there's a lot of things that weren't discussed in the past that are being discussed now. And I think that that's great because I think getting it out there and having a platform to discuss it is more important. But at the same time, you know, there is still quite a, a, a bit of area for growth in that d- department. Uh, because I think that there's, I think I'm trying to think of my own experiences where I wish somebody would have set me up or somebody would have explained like, Hey, this is what it's like. And this is actually, uh, for me, like I found this area that I couldn't find any books on. And so it's something that I've been mulling around about writing a book because there's, uh, you know, when you talk about certain, certain topics, I was, I'm always that kind of person that looks for more information. And so I think you and I are similar in that way. Cause you were saying how you were asking everybody about menopause. I'm like, okay, I'm going into this new phase in my life and I couldn't find any books or articles on it. And it was horrible to be like, what, where's the, where's the information? It's not here. And so I think that that's one of those things where, you know, again, it's opening up, we're discussing it more, but it's also something that there's still room for growth. While you were talking, I was thinking about like, why, you know, why historically have women did they suffer in silence? And I think, you know, uh, for for somebody like me who is who has sort of reflected in the past, I mean, I just think about, uh, you know, women's mental health. I mean, hysteria was coined after women who had some nervous condition, right? And I feel like even women were not in in different ways that women were oppressed, you know, they couldn't speak their mind because their their words were not valued or it was uh, judged in some fashion. I think about, uh, you know, women being called witches and, you know, women's, you know, hormones being misunderstood and no one really understanding the complexity of that a uh, hundred years ago and what that looked like. And so I think women have always had to keep secret so many things because because they didn't want to be misperceived in one way or another. And a result of that, that kind of secrecy was just something that women would do quietly with their friends or um, in, in those kinds of situations. And so it does make me think about, you know, where, what reinforces that kind of behavior. And I do think that uh, women have never been trusted to know their own minds or understand their hormones, even understand their bodies. Um, And we're supposed to be ashamed of, um, and it's sort of this duality of being ashamed of your body, but yet it's also magical because you're the gender that can give birth. Uh, 
And so it's like on one hand, we are Mother Earth. And on the other hand, we're this dysfunctional group of body parts. And it's really a lot to take in when you're um, young and you're understanding, you know, you're starting to figure out what it means to be a woman and going through puberty. And some girls go through puberty at a very young age, eight, nine years old, you know, they're developing breasts and going through their periods, whereas some people are doing it later. And so there's this full range of girls too, who are going through different things at different times. And it's so confusing and it's embarrassing and you don't know how to feel about it. And so it's, it, it makes me think about, um, you know, how we do have to also support our younger girls as they're going through these different changes. And I probably was overkill on that. If you were to talk to my child about it, um, they would probably say that, you know, it was too much, you know, too much open communication, too much wanting to talk about it, just because I didn't want to um, make it a secret, like it was more in my life experience. I wanted it to be something that, you know, we could talk about without embarrassment or whatever. But I think I went to the other side of the pendulum with that one. Um, and then we got to a good place. But um what other things do you think suffering and silence refers to? I mean, do you think that there's other things that um, are not being discussed when you say women, there's still room to grow in that? What are you, what, what, what things can you relate to in that? Well, I think, and I, I know that you, I think you had put down the citation. So we do have an article that goes along with this and I don't know if you want to cite it now. Um, but I, I think that that particular article, and I was trying to pull it up as you were talking, but I wasn't, I'm not quick enough. <laughs> so. Oh, sure. No, let me, let me go ahead and do that now. Um, it's from the uh, Huffington Post and the title of this, uh, it actually is a blog post called The Misery Epidemic, Why Women Are Suffering in Silence. And it's a little bit older. It's from uh, 2014 and it was written by Michelle Bursell. Yeah, so a, a point that kind of came to my mind when you were talking, um, so you were, you know, again, we're talking about like the, um, you're talking about like how, you know, our bodies can be both beautiful and um, a mystery and those sorts of things. But I think that the point that was cited in the article that kind of stood up for me was the fact that, you know, for so long, and I think that, I don't know if this has really changed. I think it's changed for me but I don't know if society has changed, but like the idea of like, you can't be emotional that we have as women, we have to stunt that emotionality. And then it kind of goes back to like why people said we were hysteric <laughs> and uh, you know, when hysteria was a, a mental illness and that sort of thing, but it was always like, women are so emotional. They're so sensitive. And like, this is something that I have just kind of embraced later in life because I think I heard that so much and in even, you know, just maybe 20 years ago, it's like, Oh, you're so emotional, Elisa. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I, I, I am emotional, but I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think, so again, that's what the article was talking about is like, we don't have to stunt that emotional self that we have, that we are, and to actually use that as a positive thing to like, and it's hard to describe, so I'm not sure I'm doing a great job of it, but like, I think that's an interesting point that's so, for so long, we have been told, 
you're, you can't be emotional. You have to be, you know, in the workforce, you have to be, um, level headed and, and fair. And, and I'm not saying that you can't be emotional and those things, but I think that there's always been this discussion of you can't let emotions, you know, you can't show emotions. I think that goes back to so many topics that we talked about. And so really, I think that it's, it's what that was the area that spoke to me the most was the fact that using that emotionality to be able to say like, this is not a bad thing. We don't have to hide that we're emotional. You can cry when you want to cry. You can, you know, and it, it's funny cause we're, you know, having all these discussions about like, we recently talked about parenting and like, not, I said like one of the things is that I yell a lot. It's like, I'm trying to, and I'm not, again, not, encouraging everyone to yell at their kids, but I'm saying like, that's coming from someplace. Why am I having that reaction? Understanding that is like where I'm trying to go now, but it's part of that emotional piece that I think is sometimes so misperceived by society that you can't be emotional because that's a problem. And, um, but those emotions are coming from somewhere we have to acknowledge it. So that was the piece that spoke to me um, and I think I'm maybe going on a tangent, so I'm going to bring myself back in, but, um, that, that was the piece that was, I was focused on. Well, I will tell you that, um, I think I was emotionally stunted through my teens and my twenties, just because there was such a focus put on being strong and not necessarily being emotional because I was the only girl in my sibling group, but just not being weak or, um, and, you know, I tell most people pretty freely anymore today that I was a walking generalized, you know, anxiety disorder from, uh, from the time I can remember, you know, my mom had examples of me when I was really anxious and had GI issues. And that has been like what my life has been represented with is just anxiety and GI issues. And I don't think it was until probably when, and it goes back to not caring and making decisions and individuating uh, as I did much later in life, but really being able to say, uh, you know, I don't like being anxious. I don't like worrying and ruminating about things that I can't control and take control of what you need to take control of and do what you have to do. But I think if I had chosen silence, I think I would have continued to be in that place of just doing what other people expected me to do and not taking a stand for what I believe is right for me, not for anybody else, but for me. And um, it, it definitely was something difficult to do. Um, but I think it does go back to turning the corner in my life and just saying, you know, I don't, I don't think um, that I meant to suffer in this way. And very few people could understand what I was going through. And um, I can clearly say that nobody in my family understood what I was going through. And so it really was about having a, a knowingness about what was right for me. Um, and I say this all the time that if I didn't have a child, I might still be married because sometimes we do what we have to do for our children before we do something for ourselves, which 
once again, you know, feel selfish to us. Um, and so I was very grateful for the fact that I had that extra nudge to do what is what ended up being best for me as a person, as well as, you know, my child. And so for us as a, as a couple, you know, it was what was best. But I think there was a lot of pressure to keep it quiet and just to do what everybody expected you to do. And um, it, it did take a lot to break away from that. Um, but the other thing I think that you found interesting in this article was the confusion about this, you know, don't do what other people are like, don't take another massage. I'm going to have you describe it because I don't want to be, make it sound trite, but how, how did you explain it to me, Alyssa? Yeah. So it was talking about the, so again, going back to the idea of women suffering in silence, that there's just so much overwhelm which really resonated with me and I think that that again this is regardless of your phase of life like everybody feels overwhelmed in one form or another but it was talking about and I know you have the statistics but I'm gonna try to get at least in the general range I think it was like 90 to 92 percent of working mothers and uh you know 89 or 90 percent of stay-at-home moms were you know saying that they felt overwhelmed and so it's like all these that I mean that's pretty much you know that's for mothers but I think if we could expand that to women in general I think that if we took a survey we might even do this on our Facebook group like took a survey of like how you know on a scale of one to ten how overwhelmed do you feel I think it's a pretty prevalent feeling that people have and we talked about um self-care and things like that and, and we you know in our conversation in a previous episode we were talking about like really finding what makes you um what what speaks to you and and so it it ties into that but the article specifically said you know you don't need another massage you don't need to have time to yourself you need to listen to you and I thought that was an interesting piece because I my first initial reaction was well, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what, what, uh, what do I need? Because it would be great if somebody could just tell me because I'm not having like this inner, uh, dialogue about this. Um, and you know, I was like, I, I think I need time alone, but I don't, I don't really know if that's going to fulfill me. And so I, what I had said is I'm still searching for what that means. And so it, it wasn't clearly articulated in my mind of like, what what do I need to not feel overwhelmed? I think that that's the constant search. And so maybe there's some people out there that feel similar to me that you're not sure what would make you feel less overwhelmed. But I think that's part of the journey is identifying what what fulfills you. And I'm still figuring that out. Um, but I think it spoke a little bit differently to you, Joji. So I, I will hand it back to you as far as what you heard in that particular line of listen to you. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't want to uh, make, I love massages um, and I love getting pedicures and things like that. And so I don't think this is about not doing that kind of self-care if that's something you enjoy or if, you know, whatever, going away with your girlfriends for a weekend. I think we all need to do that and we don't do enough of that. But the way that I interpreted what the uh, writer was talking about is that in certain ways, those are superficial things and that it's going to give you a moment of, of uh, relief, but that what you really need to do is to be able to connect with yourself, your intuition, what you're 
your desire is. And I think we talked about this in one of our recent um, areas where it was like, well, well, what is that? And I think, Alyssa, you had mentioned, you know, meditation, prayer, and other ways that you do self-reflection. And so I will say that as I had gone through um, a lot of chronic illness through with my GI issues and had two very major surgeries in my early 30s, I did end up really discovering meditation. And um, and, and I it did bring me a lot of uh, quiet time, but that was because my life has been monkey mind. So using like, you know, you, Buddhist and yoga terms, I mean, I was very happy being busy and being loud and surrounded by noise. And as I had mentioned in a previous podcast, I didn't like being quiet. That was something I avoided at all costs because I didn't like being that way. And so trying to get a handle on my health and trying to figure out why anxiety was leading to a stress disorder and how to get control of that, you know, you sort of have to settle down. And the only one easy way, not easy, really, but one way to do it is through yoga and meditation. And so to really quiet yourself and to become comfortable with the silent. And in that moment of silence or stillness or bliss is where you start to understand what is it that you really want. And it is so difficult to practice this because monkey mind is so common and because thoughts just flip through our minds all the time. And that's part of the practice that is natural. Everybody goes through it. And you do have to really focus on um, being able to let that go and let the mind, let the things wander in and out of your mind. But um, one of the most beautiful things that came out of meditation was the name of my consulting company, which, you know, I don't use anymore, but it was uh, Full Circle Coaches, um, because the idea of going through like a full cycle of your life and completing something and then starting the next iteration of that was something that really resonated with me in the process of meditation. And so um, I give meditation the credit for my the name of my company, because it really was something that I felt very personally and very strongly that was something that came from within me in terms of naming what I was feeling at the time and what I wanted to do with my, my consulting business. And so I hope that nobody feels discredited by taking time out for themselves in the most obvious ways. In my 20s, I was doing a lot of massages and a lot of things because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. That's the way I was supposed to relax. I was supposed to get away from work. I was supposed to get away from my family and take some time for myself. And I realized that that was half the answer for me. And for some other people, um, you know, maybe that is the whole answer and maybe they do connect with their inner self. And I think that's the other thing. You got to find what works for you and what speaks to you and what recharges you. There isn't a one size fits all. And so um, I'm not telling anybody to not pursue those things, but I found that um, I didn't need to go anywhere outside of my house. I didn't need to spend hundreds of dollars traveling with my friends. I didn't need to 
you know, uh, the, I love a hot stone massage, but that's not the only way that I can find my, you know, that I could do progressive, um, you know, muscle relaxation or do some imaging work. And that would get me to a similar place. And that was all within my control. And I could do it in five minutes or I could do it in 20 minutes. I could do it in my car. I could do it in my house. I could do it in a meditation space if I had that. Um, or I could do it in the shower when I was showering. Like there's all these different ways that you can do it. And you don't have to to make an extra effort to do it outside your home or outside your financial situation. And I actually found it more freeing. I think what's challenging when you're in your childbearing years is to be able to get a couple moments of peace by yourself is so hard to find that it makes it even more challenging. And sometimes you do have to schedule yourself out. Um, and that might be for a day or a weekend or with some friends or whatever, but you can also schedule yourself time for yourself. Um, like, you know, Alessa Marie and I do when we do these podcasts. I mean, we say no to our families. We get a quiet space. We have to carve out that time. And um, we have to believe that our mental health and our personal growth and our time to ourselves is as important as an activity like spending time with your friends or working out, you know, or exercising or running or whatever, you have to carve out that time. So I don't know if that makes more sense to you, Alyssa, after I've explained it, um, but that's the best I can do with it. Yeah, I think that speaks perfectly to what I was saying. And I think that it kind of, um, you know, it all kind of comes full circle in some ways. But I, I think that there's, there's just, it's, it's about a soul searching endeavor, you know, really figuring out, like you said, what, what works for you. I think, um, you kind of were speaking my language when you were saying, you know, in those, those child rearing years, like just figuring out what, what you need. And again, that's where I'm at. I'm, I have to kind of try stuff out. Like I, you know, I don't think that I really dove into that because for so long, my focus has been on my career and then it shifted to my career and my family. And now I'm kind of hopefully moving out of like the child bearing years and now focus on like, okay, where do I, where do I go from here? And, and what is my next kind of focus, um, you know, aside from work and raising the children that I've had, you know, what's, what's next. So I think that there's kind of just different um, ways of looking at it, but I'm still trying things out to find what sticks. But I think that once you find that thing, that thing that brings you joy and that what really fulfills you, um, and that that's, you know, where you want to go. But I think that kind of rounding out this topic, I mean, I think that again, uh, we'll be curious to hear from our listeners, where do you find you have maybe suffered in silence or not been able to, what topics have you not been able to talk about um, that, you know, that maybe we need to bring to light because we're always looking for additional topics. So Joji and I haven't slowed down and things that we want to talk about, um, from week to week, but we're also open to kind of hearing what people have to say and, and where they want to, um, maybe talk next. So we'll, we'll post this in our Facebook group when we publish the episode, but we are also open to kind of hearing, um, and I know we I've had uh, quite a few episodes in the last couple of weeks on different topics, but always kind of coming around to hear what, what people want to talk about, because I think that this is an important thing that we really, I think part of what Joji and I are talking about is that we don't need to suffer in silence anymore. We can bring these topics to light. 
we can talk about them and then we can really give them a voice that maybe wasn't wasn't uh, spoken about previously. So I think that that's um, a great point to end on uh, because we have kind of talked about this um, to some extent, but we are always open to hearing from you. So feel free to join our Facebook group, The Deconstructed Woman Podcast, where we post and publish um, each of our episodes each week, but we also kind of put in thought-provoking questions and talk about, you know, things like, uh, you know, what, what should we do next, but also where have you not been able to talk about maybe, you know, in a group of your friends or family, like Joji was talking about, maybe your family's not as receptive or your friend group is not, um, really open to talking about things, but there's things that you want to kind of get out there and, and put out there. And we also have, um, our email and you can always leave us a message here on the Spotify for podcasters website. Um, and we're more than happy to hear from you. So until next time, I think we'll sign off here, but we appreciate you listening in and we hope to talk soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast, the deconstructed woman. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, rate this episode, or subscribe to be notified of all new content. We want to hear from you, our listener. Do you have thoughts on the discussions we're having? Want to share topic suggestions? Or want to join us for a topic that you're passionate about? Contact us at our email address, thedeconstructedwoman at gmail.com.